This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Listening to Radio Hawks Bay on 104.7 FM, 1431 AM, streaming on the web at www.radiohawksbay.org.nz. This is the Family Works program, and it's my pleasure to have in the studio Carlotta from from Family Works right here in Hastings. How are you going, Carlotta? Morena, very well, thank you. Now, you are the clinical team leader for community services teams at Family Works. Tell us a little bit about that, but let's wind the clock back a bit further than that. What made you get involved with Family Works? Well, I started my social work journey with Oranga Tamariki. So as you would know, that's a, a government social work um, organisation. And I thought it would be a nice change to um, take it right back to where it starts, which is with the community and um, working for a community service. And that's how I started um, at Family Work six years ago. Um, and I've loved every minute since then. Because you wanted to give back to the community or you wanted to get involved with the community because you could see things weren't great for people? Or what was the, re- what was yeah. the reason for getting in there? Was it just a job at the beginning? Or? <laughs> well, obviously the yeah. money helps. Yes. But, um, yeah, definitely giving back to the community um, and just um, trying to address or help address some of the need out there because there's a lot of families who are really, really struggling, mm-hmm. um, a lot of families who are facing hardship and other issues, and it's a real privilege to be able to walk alongside them and um, make plans to to support them in achieving their goals and creating a better future for themselves and their, and their children. I've been involved there for over five years. How has it changed? Has, has it got better? Has it got worse for families? Um, definitely worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was de- there's a lot of issues, um, intergenerational issues, really. Um, but in recent times, and especially since COVID, things have gotten a lot trickier. Mm. Um, financial issues have definitely increased, yes. and as you can imagine, just the pressure of Absolutely. not having any money is really affecting people in all other areas of their lives, including mental health. Mm. Uh, we see a lot more family harm as well. Um, I guess just being stressed and not having resources to cope um, has just really increased conflict um, in the home. So we're in there and trying to support people and, um, you know, teach them how to communicate better and more effectively and safely and not expose their children um, to these issues. Do you think in some ways that uh, it's the worst possible gift perhaps, but COVID, the gift that just keeps on giving, I know a lot of people who are still stressed out about it, you know, and yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have accepted it for what it is and they sort of got to try and live your life, but there is a lot of fear out there about COVID, isn't it? Yeah, and it's definitely ongoing, and I think now, like currently, you know, there's sort of like a third wave mm. just about, and a lot of people who are coming down with COVID again, and I think it's just the uncertainty of knowing where it's going to take us mm. that is really challenging for people, um, and again, the financial impact. Um, so far, you know, a lot of people have been fortunate to get COVID payments when yes, they were indeed. off sick with COVID, but that might change, and how is it going to leave people with their sick leave entitled? and all sorts of other things and then obviously the cost of living has just really increased since COVID hit yeah. uh, petrol prices and food prices and you name it yeah, rents and mortgages and everything it's so crazy. it's just really really challenging and it just sort of amplifies 
all the other issues that are going on in the background. Okay, so someone knocks on your door and uh, explains exactly what you've just explained to me. Mm. How, do, how do you go? How does Family Works go about helping those people? Yeah, so all our services are very family-led. So we we meet with um, the parents and the children and really try and find out what is actually happening for them um, right now, but also historically, so we can kind of get a better understanding of the big picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talk to them about where do you see yourself and what are your goals and what is it that you would like to achieve, but having a safety focus at all times as well. So part of the role is ensuring that, you know, children are safe in the care of their Mm -hmm. parents so sometimes it's a real balancing act between supporting families to reach their goals whilst at the same time making sure that they're making decisions that are best for their children and keeping them safe Um, so it's not always easy but um, yeah our co-papa is that it's all family-led so the family you know they're the experts of their own life so they identify their goals and they identify what they want to work on and um, so we support them to achieve those whether that's um, you know referring them to other services in the community that might be of assistance to them or whether they participate in some of our programs and services or a combination it just depends how do you hear about uh, people who need the services? Is it all about self-referral or are they referred to you by other agencies? It's both. Um, probably about 50-50 mm-hmm. in ratio. So we get a lot of referrals from the likes of GPs, DHB. Oh, they're called Te Whatu Ora yes, now. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, DHB, um, agencies such as Oranga Tamariki, um, but we also get a lot of self-referrals, mm. um, so that is just people knowing Family Works, or they may have had involvement from us previously, and they can ring up and and request assistance. I must say, we you know we have wait lists because the need yes. is so great. So, um, especially as of late, we've not been accepting many self-referrals, mm. and we've really been focusing on agency referrals only. Um, that must be sad for you. Yeah, it's very tricky. Want to come and see, but they can't. What's the answer to that? Just more money, or just not enough uh, qualified people? Definitely more money. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need more funding in the social services sector for sure. Um, and more people. So anyone who would like to go and yeah. become a social worker, please do it because we do need a lot of social workers in this country. But funding is a, is a big issue and definitely holds us back. So for what we can service in the community is not, you know, barely scratching no, the surface. Um, luckily, there's lots of other agencies out there as well, and we do a lot of collaboration mm. with them. Um, however, the need's always going yeah. to be greater. And, and I guess... Once someone gets involved with you, you could almost physically see uh, a lift in in how they feel about themselves because you are going to help them. Someone's going to help them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely those families who want the help. Mm. Occasionally we get, you know, referrals for people who who might try and tick a box. They don't really want to be there. But generally speaking, it's such a relief for people to know that they have someone who's going to walk alongside them and advocate for them and really try and support them to achieve their goals and, and create change in their lives. I remember when I was a kid in the 50s. Can you believe I was a kid in the 50s? <laughs> but there was a sort of a stigma about uh, social workers visiting your house back then. And they were around, you know, no, no two ways about it. That's not the same today, though, is it? Or is it? Um, 
there can be mm. it depends so obviously i think there's still a lot a lot of stigma attached to you know child welfare services mm-hmm. which now is oranga tamariki um and it's not been an easy history. So there are still people that think, you know, social worker will come to your yeah, house your and away. will take your kids away. Yeah. However, that's not really the case. Mm. If there is really, really significant safety issues, then sometimes that can't be avoided. Mm. However, in general terms, the role of a social worker is to support and to advocate and yeah. to assist and to help create change um, and just really be that person that people can lean sure. on to to make these changes happen. I guess it's um, not an easy decision for you or any of your team to make. Do you make that decision or does someone else outside of family works make that decision it's not our decision at all Mm. so hence we're a non-government service however what happens if we come across um children who have been abused or who disclose abuse to us Mm -hmm. we have a professional obligation to report those concerns so what we do is what we call reports of concerns to oranga tamariki Mm. who will then go out and investigate those concerns and figure out whether or not they're true and figure out what needs to happen for this child or for these children. And if Family Works is involved, we will work alongside them. We might take a part in the plan of addressing the concerns, whether that is parenting support or um, whether that is working with a child at school or whether that is um, for the child to attend counselling. So it just depends on the circumstances. But, yeah, we hold no statutory power in those decisions. Um, but we're there to support. Yes. I guess you see on a daily basis uh, a lot of hurt and pain out in the community. How do you deal with that on a personal basis? Um, It's really important to have good support systems, Mm. both at work and outside of work. So um, we're very fortunate at Family Works to have a really great and supportive team, Mm -hmm. so we help each other a lot. If we go out in the community and come across this tricky situation, we have people at work um, who are there to debrief and um, support practitioners through that. All our social workers and counsellors have to attend external supervision, Mm. so that's sort of like a neutral space for them uh, to go and discuss how the work affects them, and we also have access to things like um, EAP and other supports. Um, Self-care, make sure you take a break and stay healthy and active, and all those things really help. I guess the average person's got no idea of what some people, what some families are going through, do they? No, they don't. And you can't see it. You know, you walk past the person in the supermarket Mm. and you just don't know what they're dealing with. So my mantra is to always be kind to people and ask questions and just, you know, because we can all put on a brave face, but everybody's got something. And for some people, it's yeah, just a lot worse than for others. You're listening to Radio Hawke's Bay on 104.7 FM, 1431 AM, streaming on the web, www.radiohawksbay.org.nz. This is a family works program. We're chatting with Carlotta. We're going to take a break and have one of her favorite songs. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the services that are available through family works. You're back on Radio Hawke's Bay. We are the voice of Hawke's Bay, the radio station where we put you on air. Been doing that since 1995, but I do digress because this is the Family Works program. And it's my pleasure to have in the studio Carlotta from Family Works in Hastings. Just before we start talking about some of the services, Carlotta, just remind our listeners, if we want to come and see you, um, how do we do that? Do we need an appointment or can we just bolt up and bang on the door? 
You can just bowl up um, during work hours, Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5 o'clock. Uh, we're located at 104 Linden Road West in Hastings, um, and somebody there will be able to see you if mm-hmm. you need any assistance. Otherwise, you can give us a call on 06-876-2156, and the same thing will happen. You will be put through to one of our um, staff who can have a chat with you and see what the best way forward yes. is. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of the program that you're flat out like a lizard drinking and they, you're, you know, you're having problems fitting everyone else in. But if there was an urgent, you know, if, I, if I appear to be a priority type customer, would I get to see someone? You would get to see someone on the day. However, you would still need to go through mm-hmm. the same process, which usually is that a referral to service is completed, which then gets passed through our triage team where we decide the priority, yes. so to speak. Um, and then you would be placed on the wait list. If it is super urgent, you might be lucky and yes. get uh, prioritized. But generally speaking, it's on a kind of first come, first serve basis. No, you like the doctor in the old days in some respect, don't you? You actually visit people's houses. Yes, we do. Um, the social work teams do visit people's homes, and it's really, really valuable, um, not only to make it easier for people because they don't mm. have to come to our office, but also because it gives us a really good sense of the person and yes. the family and how, how they live their day-to-day lives, um, what they might need in their home. You know, they might yeah. need curtains or beds or drawers. Mm. Um, and just to see if the home is safe as well for the children, especially if they have little ones. And and it also offers the opportunity to see the interactions within the families, which is a really valuable part in understanding yes. them. I never thought about that side of what you do, and uh, it just makes complete sense. And I guess maybe some people would prefer to come in to see you because they don't necessarily want you to see how they're living. Because yes, they, we, they might be a bit nervous and, geez, they're going to think I've got nothing. Yeah, we, we definitely have had um, those clients come through the door. We've also had clients where we would meet with them outside mm. on their doorsteps for three, four, five weeks mm. um, initially before they will let us into wow. their home. So it's all a matter of trust as well because the people don't know us no. and we don't know them and why should they let us into of their course. home? So part of um, the skill of social workers to build trust full relationships with your clients and that can really take time but it's important that we do take the time to build those relationships especially if people had um, a lot of trauma in their life Mm. or are mistrustful of agencies in general. Are those relationships in some respects ongoing? I mean after you've been along you've knocked on the door and you might have had to wait weeks to even get invited in like you've said Um, but after you've helped them and you get them on the right track. Mm. Do you have ongoing relationships with people say, hi, Carla, how are you going? Jeez, I'm getting on all right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, we often bump into people in town, mm. you know, at the shops um, that may have been our clients once upon a time. Mm. And more often than not, the relationship is good and yeah. um, we have a quick catch up and see how they're doing now. That must make you feel really good. Really good, which is part of the reason, I guess, why social workers choose to be social workers because when there is good outcomes and you're making um, changes with families, Mm. it's, yeah, it's a real privilege. There's not many people really who could say they're making a difference in the lives of families. I mean, that's 
that is a big plus for you, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there where you're making changes for yes. families. Um, but, yeah, social work is incredibly rewarding. Mm. It can be really challenging as well. And, obviously, you are carrying a lot of um, people's issues yes. on your back. So the self-care that we talked about earlier <coughs> yes. is really, really important. But um, the benefits definitely outweigh the the negatives. Yeah, absolutely right. Just tell us about some of the services that you have. Um, I, there are so many of them, but what, what are the most commonly used services that at Family Works? Yeah, so we've got a few core services. Um, social workers in schools mm-hmm. is one of our big, our big teams and big services. So we cover um, 29 schools across Hawke's Bay wow. um, with social work services. So these social workers are amazing. They engage with the children at school and they might support them with um, emotional regulation and friendship issues and self-esteem or any other issue that really affects them and their families. And these social workers also work alongside the parents to increase their parenting capacity and just put in place supports that will assist them as a whole family. So that's one of our big services. We offer counselling, which is invaluable. I wish we had another 10 counsellors. Counselling for children, you mean? Children and Mm. adults, Mm. as well as relationship counselling. So we're doing all three of those. Um, It's play therapy. Our counsellors are amazing and very, very skilled. And they, um, yeah, they have made some incredible progress with some of the children and adults that, um, yeah, that they're seeing. So counselling is invaluable. But again, the need is just so much greater than what we can offer. And then we've got um, the Whakamana Whānau team, and they specialise in family violence Mm. matters. So not only do they facilitate non-violence programmes for um, the respondents to protection orders, but they also do a whole lot of other work with um, the victims of family harm as Mm. well. And that is really, really invaluable. We also offer parenting programmes as well. And I suppose uh, we, we might think, uh, who needs a parenting program? But parenting is not easy, is it? Parenting. You think it's going to be easy, but it isn't. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> parenting, I, from my personal experience, I would say yes. is one of the most trickiest things you could ever do. And things just change so rapidly, and you think you've got it all under yeah. control just to figure out the next day you don't. Um, parenting programs are great because... The group setting offers people really an opportunity to exchange their experiences Mm. and that I would say is one of the most valuable aspects of a parenting program. Um, And there's all sorts of people who attend. Mm. There's people who um, have been ordered to attend, if you like, but there's also a lot of people who just want to upskill or um, think about different ways of doing things Mm. and those programs are really great for that. Now, I'm very much older than you, um, <laughs> and and I reflect on uh, my parents' parenting skills and what I, you know, my skills with my children. Now, you're much younger. Your skills with your children, has it changed? Yeah, the, I, I would say the approach to parenting has definitely changed. Mm. A lot of things are taboo today yes. that weren't maybe 30, 40, 50 years mm. ago. And there's been a real shift to um, how we view children's behavior. Mm. So when a child behaves naughtily, yes. um, 
you know, we tend to encourage parents to really think about what actually sits under that behavior mm. and why is it that this child is acting out and not to punish the acting out, yeah. so to speak, but really have a deeper look at what is actually going on for, for the child. Now, you live and breathe it, but what would be your top tip? I mean, how would you deal with your children mm. in, a, in a situation like that? Have you got a top tip for people listening? Because, you know, I'm sure it's easy to lash out. You know, but <laughs> Absolutely. You, I mean, you're the professional. What would you suggest? Um, there's a couple of things. One of them is to deal with the problem when it's not a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So if your child is really, really dysregulated and having a big meltdown and you're, you know, yelling and screaming at the child <laughs> to just stop it. I can't believe you do that. You know, it just actually doesn't work. And you all say that um, you're probably going to amp each other up Yep. Even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is once, you know, once the situation has calmed down, that's really is the time to address mm-hmm. the behavior. Absolutely implement consequences. Yes. Consequences are really important so long they are not over the top and you get caught in a cycle of having consequence over consequence yes. over consequence because that, you know, it mm-hmm. can happen. Um, and just validating a child's feelings um, and really listening because, again, they might act out and have a meltdown, but what's actually underneath that? And yeah. the way we respond teaches a child sure. so much. And, you know, if we yell and scream at the child, yeah. Well, it teaches the child that it's okay to yell yeah, and scream when absolutely. you're upset. And I guess as parents, we need to take a step back and look in the mirror and say, how did I react to that situation? When was that the proper way to react? And that's easier said than done as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely easier said than done, but it's a super important element mm. of parenting because, you know, a lot of the times it's actually us parents who yes. are out of line and we're complaining about our child um child's behavior but the behavior of the child will not change unless we reflect on our own behavior well said as always we're just about out of time just remind our listeners one more time if you wouldn't mind carlotta we need some help how do we get it with family works you can visit us either or you can visit us at 104 linden road west in hastings or ring us on 06-876-2156 my pleasure talking with you you look after yourself we'll talk to the same time same place next time (laughs) thank you so much This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.